Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Hanging out talking movies with Mr. Adam Long from Focus Newspaper. How are you, buddy? Good, good, very good. Wonderful. Are you in the, uh, the holiday uh, spirit. <laughs> Man, you know, with a name like Noel that's spelled N O E L, I am always in the holiday spirit man it's it's year-round for me so uh yeah without a doubt without a doubt man uh all, all the way in the holiday spirit with yeah absolutely Very good i've always been uh they've always told me that uh during the christmas uh season that uh, my last name should be o-n-g instead of l-o-n-g because there's no l so oh man where's hold on a second actually that deserves that deserves the that deserves a squeaker for that one. Right. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a bad yep. one there. Sure does. <laughs> Very good. Well, man, uh, yeah, life is uh, life is good. A lot of good things going on. Um, it is award season, what we like, but it's also Christmas season. And mm-hmm. uh, with that, we always do some kind of Christmas special. And I thought this year uh, we, we'd uh, spend some time talking about some obscure Christmas films maybe that are not on everybody's list. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, Elf. Uh, those are the kind of things you you hear about all the time. Uh, you know, every year this this go round uh, and Home Alone, and you can kind of go on and on and on and on. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring out, out some that uh, that maybe not everybody talks about, and uh, maybe not everybody thinks about as uh, as Christmas films. Some maybe, but uh, but maybe some obscure ones as well. So uh, we thought we'd spend some time talking about those kind of films, uh, or maybe some films that that are kind of those lost Christmas classics. And I uh, wanted to see you know, what we can do. If you want to, we'll just kind of go back and forth. I'll let you uh, jump in with one, and then I'll jump in with another. We'll kind of go back and forth the, the whole show. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah. Sounds like a winner. All right, cool. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you start it, Adam. So, uh, so dive in. Sure. Um, you know, we always uh, – one of the, the Christmas movies everybody seems to talk about, of course, is A Christmas Story, and uh, we all know that one. And, uh, you know, we, we, you, can't, you can't escape it during the Christmas season. And it's directed by Bob Clark, but what a lot of people do not know, and we may have talked about this on a previous edition, but I'm going to reiterate it anyway, is that Bob Clark, the director of A Christmas Story, uh, nine years before he directed that, he directed the first Christmas horror film. And uh, so two different uh, opposite uh, Christmas, two Christmas films from opposite ends of the spectrum directed by the same man, Bob Clark. And that earlier film that I'm talking about is Black Christmas. Uh, it was remade in 2006, I believe. Just skip that remake, ignore it, don't even bother. Go back to the 1974 original, and um, it's considered the forerunner of the slasher genre. Uh, originally, it was released as Silent Night, Evil Night. It stars Olivia Hussey uh, from Romeo and Juliet, the 1968 version. Care Delay from 2001, Space Odyssey. Margot Kidder is in there early role for her, and John Saxon, who played the, uh, the dad in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And, uh, you know, the tagline for this film was, if your skin doesn't crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> I so, love it, man. Yeah, and, I love that. love uh, that. It, it's, it's a really good movie. It's a very influential movie. Right. Um, a lot of uh, later slasher films took elements of, of this film and made them their own. Even... Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, the 1978 Halloween, took some elements of Black Christmas uh, and, and melded them into its uh, in, into its style or whatever. Um, so, you know, the uh, showing things from the killer's point of view—that's something that was not really done before Black Christmas. 
And so this movie does not get enough credit, in my opinion, for uh, for for what it you know what it accomplished so early on in in the game. And it's basically just a bun uh, a bunch of sorority sisters are hounded and harassed by a mysterious obscene prank phone caller, and they're all on Christmas Eve stuck in this house together. And uh, you know it, it was made in Canada. And uh, it's so it's Canadian. It's got a Canadian kind of a cold feel to it, I guess you would say. But it's it's really good. It's it's really good. Andrea Martin's in it too. Forgot about that. So anyway, highly recommend the 1974 version of Black Christmas. Awesome. Uh, I'm I'm going to go back to a, a film uh, quite a few years ago. It's a war drama, uh, a war Christmas drama. You don't have too many of those, but uh, 1992. Uh, there was a World War II film uh, called A Midnight Clear that actually followed uh, elements of based on a true story where Germans and Americans kind of found connection um, with a Christmas celebration. They stopped fighting um, through snowballs. Uh, really a, a very interesting drama uh, with some names that, that we've come to know uh, at the time. Some of these names weren't, uh, weren't households names. Ethan Hawke. Uh, in this film, Peter Berg, uh, Kevin Dillon, uh, also um, Frank Whaley was in this, and the acting debut of Gary Sinise uh, in this mm-hmm. film uh, back in 1992, and it's called A Midnight Clear. It was directed by Keith Gordon. So wanted to wanted to mention that one. That one's on my list as far as a uh, kind of obs- obscure Christmas film, but what was interesting, it was released uh, in April of 92. So not, to, you know, probably not the best time to release this kind of film, I think it would have done much better had it been released uh, around Christmas time uh, to kind of connect with that. But a midnight clear with Ethan Hawke and Gary Sinise uh, and a few others. Excellent choice. You're very good. All right, buddy. Um, some of the movies I'm gonna I'm gonna call out here. I, I'm I'm not really gonna say that they're great films, but they're just so different, and we're going for things that are different right, here. I think. Right, right, exactly. And I'll and do the same thing. Here's one that if you're not aware of, you might want to check it out. It's definitely worth a look anyway. Gary Busey is the gingerbread man, or ginger dead man. I'm sorry, ginger dead man. And he's, he's a convicted killer named Millard Findelmeyer. He's sent to the electric chair, and he returns as a gingerbread man cookie with a vengeance. Oh, man. And oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, comes from uh, Charles Band. You know, the, uh, he's that schlockmeister that uh, put out a lot of those horror, cheesy horror films like Dolls and right, stuff right. like that back in the 1980s. Anyway, he uh, there's even a uh, he even wrote, directed, and wrote and performed an original song for the uh, for, for this uh, for the movie. So they say in the tagline, "Put on your PJs, grab a glass of milk, and fill yourself with the holiday spirit." The questionably sane Gary Busey plays an insane homicidal gingerbread man hell bent on killing the woman who had him killed. Merry Christmas! So Gary Busey <laughs> and the Ginger Dead Man. So, All right. There you go, man. I love that. I love that. And, yeah. and, and Evil yeah. never tasted so good. So that's what it <laughs> and he's got, and it's a gingerbread man with this horrible, very angry-looking face and right. a knife in his uh, uh, knife in his hand. So. Awesome, awesome. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, as you said, you know, some of these are maybe not the best uh, critically acclaimed films, but at Christmas we do need to look at some things that that are maybe not on everybody's Christmas watch list, and maybe you should take the time to watch some of these just for the fun of it. Uh, one of those for me comes from 1995. Um, Kenneth Branagh wrote and directed a comedy that was shot in black and white, and it's called A Midwinter's Tale. Uh, and the story follows this acting troupe doing their best to create a Christmas time production 
of Hamlet. And it's all, they're doing this in order to save this local church. And they're struggling. They're finding everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, it's it's a pretty decent little film that not a lot of people knew about. You know, Kenneth Branagh is just just brilliant. But this is one that's not on uh, on a list that everybody has seen. So I'd recommend if you get a chance uh, to check out uh, Midwinter's Tale from 1995. Uh, Kenneth Branagh put that together, and you know he's 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 known for his just uh, you know tons of, of work in Shakespeare and, and many other things uh, as well. But that's called A Midwinter's Tale. Well, very good. Um... Well, I just can't seem to get off the uh, Christmas horror films because there's so many of them. So here's another one. Keep going, uh, how man. about Silent Night, Deadly Night? Yes. I'm sure you remember this I one. I do. I remember that quite well. Quite well. Yeah, it came out in 1984. And this one last year, Carmike Cinemas actually had a uh, – they brought this one back to the big screen last year. I don't know if they're going to bring it back this year or not, but uh, it actually played on the big screen last year. And I, I, I hate I missed it. I didn't know it was playing until it had already come and gone. I kind of sort of wish I had had a chance to see it on a big screen, but I've seen it many times on video. But the movie actually has some, some, some pretty effectively scary scenes in the beginning, but then it just kind of turns into your standard slasher film before it's over with. But uh, it's, it's, you know, it's different enough you might want to you know, examine it and check it out. It, was, uh, it caused a big stink. I remember when Gene Siskel, on you know, Siskel and Ebert, he just really despised the movie, and he went and named all the producers by name and wagged his finger each time that he uh, named one of the producers, and he would say, like, shame, 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 after each name when he <laughs> named the producer. That's how much he hated the film. But, uh, you know, I, the, the, I remember the big deal about it was that it was um, it was actually released during the Christmas season, and it was kind of capitalizing on the slasher genre, which was kind of at the end of its cycle, I think, in 1984. But uh, they were they were grasping at straws there with this one. But anyway, uh, and there was quite a few sequels, too, if you uh, remember. And actually, the uh, the great director, Monty Hellman, uh, directed the third one, yeah. which I, I, that's a big question mark. I'm not sure how that happened. But um, anyway, uh, just wanted to mention Silent Night, Deadly Night for anybody who's not that one. All right. Well, I, I will go back uh, before my time and your time to 1964. Uh, a sci-fi uh, Christmas film, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Uh, Santa is is kidnapped by the Martians uh, because the Martian children are kind of lazy and under the influence of too much pop culture on Earth and figured, hey, let's let's get, you know, Santa, maybe Santa can help change the lives of our kids on Mars. Uh, you know, Really, Harold is, is just a horrible, horrible film on, on many, uh, many fronts. But uh, probably the best version of it was seen in uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, uh, but just a fun film because it is so goofy. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians from 1964. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is a that's one too. And isn't, isn't Pia Zadora in that? Yes. If I- Remember she, correctly? she was a uh, one of the tots, a very young Piazzadora. So uh, yeah, okay. she was a green-faced Martian tot uh, during that. Absolutely. Well, any Piazzadora is better than no. There you go. So, there you go. Santa Claus conquers the Martians from 1964. Yep. There you go. Here's man. one I'm not familiar with. I have to admit, this is a blind spot. I've never seen this one. I'm going to run it by you to see if you have seen it. But it's recommended. Uh, it's called Susan Slept Here with uh, Dick Powell and Debbie Reynolds from 1954. No, that's a new one for me, man. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's actually uh, one of the only films they say that was is narrated by an Oscar statuette, which sounds quite curious. Wow, interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's about a struggling screenwriter played by uh, Dick Powell, and he uh, finds a um, juvenile delinquent underneath his Christmas tree, played by Debbie Reynolds, just a couple of years after she was in Singing in the Rain. Oh, wow. And yeah. it's got a- a- Anne Francis and uh, Alvy Moore that was Mr. Kimball on Green Acres. He's yeah. in this, too. yeah. And uh, it's directed by Frank Tashlin, who's uh, considered to be a comedic genius, you know, of a lot of these movies he made with Doris Day, like The Glass Bottom Boat and some other things that he did. He was, And he made a lot of Jerry Lewis films, too, So, um, and Jane Mansfield, also. And he started out uh, animating Looney Tunes shorts. So if you want to check out a uh, Frank Tashlin film with a Christmas theme, Susan Slept Here. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to seek it out. So Good deal. Awesome. I'll have to check that out, too, man. Um, this one is a, a kids and a family film uh, back from 1989. Uh, it's a movie called Prancer uh, about a young girl who actually finds uh, Prancer and uh, helps kind of nurse Prancer back uh, to health to save Christmas. And uh, I remember um, watching this. For some reason, I was a college student and watched this. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. Um, but I remember there was just something about it that was just kind of magical and Kind of took me back to that kind of It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th kind of feel. There was something about it that was just magical. And um, not a film that's on everybody's list, but um, I'd recommend it. Um, the, uh, you know, pretty decent cast uh, in this film. And the, the score was uh, by the same guy who did Lawrence of Arabia. So uh, Prancer uh, from that's 19... Maurice Jure, Yeah, that is. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, 1989 Prancer... Uh, one that I would I would suggest uh, just checking out, especially if you've got kids. Uh, it's it's one one that that holds true. It's uh, matter of fact, I just recently repurchased this movie because um, my kids had never seen it, and I said I need to get that, and uh, got it, and it holds up. So it still um, it still holds true. So I'd recommend Prancer from 1989. Uh, I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. We are talking Christmas movies that may not be on everybody's Christmas list. Uh, for this edition of Cinema Scene. Let's hear your next one, buddy. Well, anytime, you know, we were talking about killer Santa Claus movies, and uh, while we're on that genre, there is one that's actually pretty good, I think, and I do wholeheartedly recommend this one. It's called Christmas Evil from yes. 1980. And this movie has always made, uh, infamously made the uh, list of John Waters' favorite Christmas movies, and we know, you know, John Waters has an offbeat sense of humor about these types of things. But it really is a good movie. It really is. It's uh, it's it's so uh, hard to describe. I I guess it's so over the top. It kind of like in an Evil Dead way. You know how oh, the yes. original Evil Dead oh, was yes. so over the top you couldn't take it seriously. You didn't know whether to laugh or right. or be scared. Right. And that's kind of the way Christmas Evil is. It's um, it's about this guy. He uh, he he has a this traumatic childhood experience involving his father in a Santa Claus outfit. He, he watches his father uh, get stuck in the chimney and uh, dressing up as Santa Claus. And I, if, if memory serves correctly, the guy dies, his father dies, and he thinks it's Santa Claus or something. Anyway, you know, he's at that age where when you, you see things at a certain age, you, you develop um, fetishes and things like that that disturb, you know, that are ingrained into your psychology. I, somebody who knows psychiatry would know better how to explain this, but there are certain things that, that you know, at a certain age that, that you can't, escape basically and so that's what happens to him he sees this at the pit of pivotal age and it warps him and he becomes a uh, disturbed toy factory worker because he's fixated on christmas so he goes and gets himself a job in a toy factory 
and he carries a list around with him everywhere he goes, checking off who is naughty and nice in the real world. <laughs> and yeah, so on Christmas, yeah. he goes around and rewards all the people who have been nice all year long, and he goes around killing the ones who have been uh, naughty all year long. <laughs> Good deal. I, I, yeah, man. I, I remember we talked about that one uh, before as well. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, they're just a storyline, you know, taking off the naughty and nice people. It's just take, yeah, get rid of them, man. Get rid of them. Yeah, it, it's funny because job. I'll, I'll quote John Waters on this. He says, "Christmas evil has a grubby look and a mucky atmosphere, as if it were shot using the same crap film they used to shoot those 1970s drive-in concession stand ads." where the food came out looking wretched when its intention was to lure patrons to the snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Well, man, uh, and that what was the date of that film? Christmas Evil. <laughs> and it was originally titled You Better Watch Out. That okay. was the name of it. And then they retitled Christmas Evil. Uh, incidentally, just came out on Blu-ray last okay. month. Good deal. It just came out on Blu-ray in a director's cut. So, and what was nice the little remastered version there? If you if you need a copy of Christmas Evil, no better time to get it than now. So. Good deal. And the original air, air date, the original um, release date for that. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. All right, I'm mm-hmm. going to go to um, let's see, nineteen. Where do I want to go? Uh, let's let's look at a John Cusack. Film, Billy Bob Thornton film, Oliver Platt, Randy Quaid, directed by Harold Ramis. Let's pull a film from 2006 DVD release. Um, let me see if I can find the original release date for this particular movie. I think you're talking about Ice Harvest. Ice Harvest. Ice Harvest is the movie I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. You got a you got a shyster who says, "Hey, let me see if I can get some money out of these mobsters," and it just so happens it's around Christmas. Let me get like two million dollars out of them. Really funny film. Um, I haven't seen this in quite a long time. And when I was looking for uh, for some films to talk about, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that one." Um, you know, really kind of an unpredictable kind of uh, comic thriller. Uh, probably a good way to describe this, but uh, mm-hmm. well worth checking out. Um, and Harold Ramis, uh, I've just always been a fan, fan of what Ramis could, could do and what he could put on screen when he was behind uh, the camera. And um, I think John Cusack film, uh, fans probably would love to see this. This is one of those that doesn't get a lot of uh, – a lot of John Cusack fans don't think about this movie when they think about Cusack. So uh, I'd recommend uh, Ice Harvest. Oh, yeah, definitely. Great choice. Uh, that is a good one. And, you know, the – Speaking of uh, John Cusack, uh, and this is not exactly a Christmas movie, but it does take place during wintertime, and uh, or at least I don't think it has a Christmas theme, unless I'm forgetting something. But Better Off Dead, I like to throw oh, that man. one in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah not, not a Christmas movie, but but it's a, it's a great Cusack film, without a doubt. Yeah, and it takes place during the wintertime. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The whole ski slope thing. Absolutely. It's got a winter feel, but yeah. anyway. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, what's next on your list, man? Well, we got uh, Jack Frost. How about that? Okay. Michael Keaton. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Didn't say it was a great film, but yep. uh, it's the one uh, you know where he's um, uh, reincarnated reincarnated as a snowman. You know, he's uh, he's too occupied uh, with things other than his family, and then he dies in a car accident and is a snowman. He has the opportunity to make things right with his son before he returns to the afterlife. If you remember. Oh yeah. And, uh, I remember it was just that when when they reviewed that on uh, Cisco Niebert, yeah, he was just they they talked about how the snowman looked it just looked scary and creepy. It oh yeah, it was supposed to be you know the snowman that he returns as uh, in his reincarnation is supposed to be this cuddly thing and it's supposed to be a family thing and 
a, a family-friendly thing, and you look at them, you're actually scared. If you saw them in real life, you'd probably want to run in the opposite direction. But, yeah, uh, I, yeah, that was a freaky. That was a very freaky snowman. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, was. But uh, in lieu of the fact that Michael Keaton may get a Best Actor nomination, uh, I thought it might be worth mentioning Jack Frost. Yeah, 1997, Jack Frost. Yeah, he was kind of freaky looking, man. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, um, you know, there have been probably the, the the one film that has been the most remade. Uh, or the story that's been the most uh, created for either TV or for film relating to Christmas is A Christmas Carol, uh, Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And there have been so many of them over the years, uh, everything from uh, from Bill Murray's Scrooged to uh, you know Jim Carrey doing A Christmas Carol a few years ago. But I want to go back to one that's probably one of my favorites, and at least one of my favorite performances, and that would be 1984, um, a Christmas Carol with uh, it was just an incredible cast. Uh, George C. Scott was just brilliant as Ebenezer Scrooge, and I just absolutely loved this version. And uh, recently, just bought this version uh, again on uh, on Blu-ray. And I, I would recommend A Christmas Carol from 1984. Sure, it's a story you've seen before, but anytime you can see actors of that caliber doing it, it it's well worth it. And uh, Susanna York also in that film, Edward Woodward. Um, also uh, in in that film uh, from 1984, A Christmas Carol, uh, George C. Scott in the title role. And all those leads you mentioned in that film, they're they're no longer with us. That's really something when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, it really, really is. Yeah, it yeah. really, really is. It doesn't is. seem like it's been that long, but I guess it has. Yeah. You know? 30 years. Actually, I think that originally aired in 84. Yeah, you yep. said that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 30 years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, what about, uh, this is kind of an unconventional Christmas film, too. What about Reindeer Games with uh, uh-huh. Ben Affleck and yes. Gary Sinise and Charlize Theron? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a that was an uh, interesting uh, Christmas-type film. It sure was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it where sure they, was. Uh, I believe it's Casino Heist, isn't it? I yep. believe. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. Uh, it's been so long since I've seen it. It was the final film for director John Frankenheimer, who made so many classic thrillers like the original Manchurian Candidate and one of my favorite thrillers of all time, the 1966 film Seconds. He directed that as well, and this was his final film, he, although he didn't know it at the time. And uh, So anyway, it's, it's worth mentioning Reindeer Games, I think. Just thought I'd throw it out there for whatever it's worth. Yeah, and let me throw out um, Batman Returns from 1992. Uh, it had very much a Christmas movie feel to it in an odd kind of way, so i, I got to throw that out there as a bonus. Uh, oh yeah, good choice. Yeah, anytime, mm-hmm. anytime you can see uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in a, in a Catwoman costume, it's it's worth it, whether it's Christmas or summer. So there you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear another one from you, man. Okay. Well, um, I'll throw out another one if you're still looking. Well, I was going to say we could uh, we could mention Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Go for it. Uh, you know, it's uh, I mean, you know, it's not a film that's totally forgotten, obviously, but uh, with the release of a new Tim Burton hand, uh, a t- new Tim Burton film coming uh, soon. Right. And that would be, of course, Big Eyes. Right. Uh, it's worth mentioning Edward Scissorhands, which was incidentally released at Christmas time in 1990. I remember seeing that in the theater. And I was quite taken with it then, and I still find myself emotionally involved with it uh, every time I watch it. And have, you know, it's, uh, now have shared it with my kids, uh, and they enjoy it as well. So I just wanted to mention uh, yeah. Edward Scissorhands because I think, uh, you know, technically it's not a Christmas film. It does have some some wintry elements yep. that uh, 
reminds us of this time of year. Yeah, and and it was uh, just a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful story as well. I loved loved oh, yes. that movie. Oh, yes. Loved that movie. Well, this film was not released uh, at Christmas, but it takes place during Christmas. Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy uh, from 1983. Uh, also, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, in this film, and uh, really a funny, funny movie. And uh, one that I, I, I just, I, I probably don't go back to this movie enough. And uh, I really enjoyed this movie when it was released uh, and, and still do. I, I've, I've checked it out. Probably, it's probably been about three or four years since I've last seen this film, but I need to go back to it again. But Trading Places uh, did take place during, uh, during the Christmas season. Yeah, uh, that is a good one. Um, another one that I always mention, I've mentioned this in previous shows, I know, but I'll say it again, is the, the, the 2008 uh, foreign film, uh, A Christmas Tale, with Catherine, Catherine uh, Deneuve. And uh, it's about a squabbling family forced to come together at Christmas time when it's revealed that the matriarch will die within months if she doesn't receive a bone marrow transplant. That matriarch, of course, played by Catherine Deneuve. And, uh, you know, I, I know it sounds like your standard Christmas melodrama, but uh, it's far from it. Uh, and it's a really touching film uh, about how families can get splintered and find themselves, uh, find their way back to each other. And it's, it's foreign film subtitled, but don't let that throw you off. Uh, terrific film, Christmas, um, uh, A Christmas Tale. And, and I'll, I'll go uh, to a film that's got comedy, it's got horror, it's got a little bit of everything in one one fashion or another. Gremlins, that really, the, the, the first mm-hmm. Gremlins was a Christmas film. And um, my kids, my daughter actually had never seen it until Thanksgiving weekend. And she said, man, those, 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 those things are just creepy. I'm like, yeah, they are creepy. They absolutely are creepy. Uh, you know, there's been talk about bringing this movie back to life again, and um, I, I'm, I'll be interested to see if they could uh, find a way to do it. I think special effects have definitely taken it, uh, you know, taken it to a whole new new level. But uh, that was a movie that uh, that had some incredible success at the box office. Gremlins. Uh, we are talking Christmas movies, and some obscure ones are movies you may not all the time think about. Uh, during the Christmas season here on Cinema Scene. And we've got about four minutes, so we've got some time to, to share a few others if you want to, Adam. Sure. Here's one I haven't seen, but I've always wanted to, and I don't know if you've seen it. I thought I'd throw it out there, though. It's called Comfort and Joy, directed by Bill Forsyth, who also directed uh, Local Hero and I think uh, Gregory's Girl, maybe. Uh, that was a cult hit from the early 80s. Anyway, um, I've always heard good things about this. It's about a Glasgow radio DJ played by Bill Patterson who gets dumped by his girlfriend at Christmas time, and he's full of holiday blues and mopes around until he gets into an accident that gets him caught in a gang war between two rival ice cream truck companies. So that's a plot twist you don't see every day, I must say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, you know, it's... They say there's a lot of movies where lost sad sack rediscovers love and purpose during the holidays, but none are as offbeat as this one, they say. So I don't know. Uh, Comfort and Joy uh, is something, it's a title I've heard about and thought I'd throw it out there and maybe people want to seek it out. Good deal. Well, uh, we've got just a few more minutes. Um, That's really all of the obscure ones I wanted to throw out there, but I wanted to uh, take a chance here at the end just to share some that I always have to watch every Christmas, and these are some that we do talk about. Uh, I do talk about Scrooged uh, with with uh, with Bill Murray. I uh, love that every year. Uh, Christmas Vacation, uh, Chevy Chase. Um, always have to check that one out. Uh, Home Alone is one of those that that I will uh, check out during this time uh, of year uh, as well. 
And um, one last year, I'm going to throw this one. This is one I just discovered last year. And this uh, reason I'm talking about this one, it was made for TV. But uh, it's got a connection to the Salvation Army. Uh, it's called Silver Bells. It's an obscure film uh, just released last year, like I said, on TV. Uh, but it, it follows this guy who is um, a little demanding of everybody in his life. Um, everything has to be exactly his way. And uh, he ends up getting into a basically an argument that causes him to have to do community service and ends up doing community service with uh, the Salvation Army. And that kind of changes his life. And I can't think about Christmas without thinking about the Salvation Army because I've been involved in it uh, since I was a kid. Um, and so uh, Silver Bells, one uh, worth checking out. You can find it on DVD and on demand as well. Uh, any others you want to throw out there, man? I want to mention uh, Frozen River from 2008. You know, that uh, got an Oscar nomination for uh, Melissa Leo. And, you know, that kind of has a Christmas theme, too, because it's about the woman whose husband disappears with the family savings a few days before Christmas when she stumbles across the, uh, the, uh, the business opportunity to smuggle illegal aliens across the Canadian border. And uh, that's you know that that's kind of a portrait of the um, the not so cheery side of uh, of what people go through at the holidays sometimes when they're financially strapped or whatever. And so it's uh, I would recommend Frozen River if you haven't seen that. Good deal. Well, uh, this is Adam. That's Adam. This is Noel Manning. We are talking Christmas movies, and we have been right here on. Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. We do hope you guys have a wonderful uh, Christmas season, and uh, we hope that that you get a chance to enjoy yourself, spend some time with family or friends, and just uh, take some time for yourself. And uh, if if you want to watch just a fun movie that is is pure chaos and mayhem, uh, Ernest Save Christmas from 1988 is one that, uh, until you've heard Ernest sing, Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree, you haven't heard Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. So I will leave you with that. Any final thoughts, final words, final comments, Adam? Just hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday and uh, that you uh, that you have uh, people to spend it with that means something to you. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Adam Long. And for this week, that is a wrap, and Merry Christmas. <laughs>